Welcome to issue 52 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm well. Awesome. Great to hear. Also in the room is Mike. How are you, sir? Good evening, Daniel. I am doing fine. Fantastic, fantastic. And Mustafa is here tonight. How are you? Hello. Was that robotic enough? Should I do hello? No, that was great. Okay. But, but I do have a question. Yeah. What's on your mind tonight? I have an answer. It's oh, a excellent. pretty short one. Uh, it's from one of my favorite... Uh, philosopher, author, emperors, and he said, reject your sense of injury, and the injury itself will disappear. <clears throat> I think it's relevant to uh, how a lot of people uh, act and behave these days, especially with the inflaming influences of the internets. Sure. Um, so, you know, uh, we could try that as a, as a, you know, species, I think, and see what happens. So who is your favorite emperor? My favorite writer, philosopher, emperor, my friend, uh, right, was right, uh, right. Marcus Aurelius. He was a Roman emperor. Sure. Uh, and uh, he actually died from smallpox, it turns out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, smallpox, now that we're in the middle of a pandemic, by the way, some, some numbers, smallpox had a mortality rate of uh, 20 to 40% uh, in an outbreak. Holy moly. And uh, for, for children, it could be up to 80%. Oh, and well. even if you survived, you'd be horribly disfigured. It is the biggest killer of humans throughout history. It's been with us for a very long time, other than other humans. I think humans are number one and then smallpox. <laughs> right. um, and so the plague that took place that also took Marcus Aurelius's life killed, I think if you converted it to death per capita, knowing what we know about the Roman Empire around 100 BC, uh, it would be about 35 million deaths in the United States in one year. So that's how bad it was. So, you know, a sense of maybe that'll give us a sense of proportion. Um, and the species came through that. Uh, we're still here. So, you know. In one sense, not, yeah. In, in some, right. we're still here. We're, look, we're on uh, different parts of North America at the same time talking to each other. Craig is listening to us and we're talking about a card game. Yeah, we're doing how okay. How awesome doing that. Yeah, and hopefully people are listening. Yeah, <laughs> our listener, our listener yep. is always there. They even always. create all these different accounts to vote on stuff and stuff. So our, our listeners always depressed after hearing all these things. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the show has been pretty depressing yeah. lately. I tell you, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but but I'm trying to. What's yeah. great is that this was Mustafa trying to make us feel good. Yes. <laughs> That was my, my attempt at uh, stoicism. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Advertisement for stoicism. Anyway. Wow. I'll try Brilliant. to do better next time. All right. <laughs> Brilliantly done. So we, um, it's not that we're fresh off of it, but it's, I don't, we haven't recorded since the delightful LCG con. Mike, why don't you tell us about it? I got to follow that. Oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. League CG Con How many how many millions perished in LCG Con? Oh, the return of the king. Nobody perished because it was entirely online and nobody caught coronavirus. Nice. Thank God. How many cans were sacrificed? 
<laughs> That's a question. I don't even have the full count. So Vardane, Steve, and Kennedy Hawk put together the Council of Kangs, which was 50 distinct Kang remakes uh, done one in Standard and one in Expert. So 100 total. And the idea was the community as a whole would get through as many as possible. So you play through Kang with whatever modular set you want. And when you reach stage three, you pull a random Kang and you only pull it on stage three. Nice. And the first one I got was Kang Thulu, of course, from Cthulhu, Absolutely. who had three scheme and no attack, but with the forced effect, when he would attack, he schemes instead. Ooh. So I was playing, we were playing two player in that game, and the turn he flipped, he attacked both of us, i.e. schemed against both of us, and put three threat on natural. I think we had... We had one or two acceleration tokens. It must have been one. So minimum, minimum, he was putting like seven or eight threat on the final scheme. Minimum, without boost icons. And then if anything that says he attacks again, anything that says he schemes again, it was just crazy. We, we, did, you, did you win? We did, but uh, the round he came out, we got to 19 of 20 threat before we were able to act. And the only reason we didn't lose is because of a couple well-timed foils. So yeah, there's a card I never... Uh, wow. felt so good about. Yeah, foil saved her butt twice. We're making fun of that card. Yeah. Well, Steve, by all accounts, it seems that the community absolutely loved the work that you and Dan did. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. He he did more of the work than I did. A true a true villain never admits that, Steve. Oh, I, I'll take full credit for the whole thing. <laughs> go um, there you go. You uh, should I say will. me and who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My loyal minion, I had my loyal minion, Kennedy Hawk, do all the work. Uh, nice. Good work. But a little insider knowledge here uh, with, like, Kang Thulu and Kang Leal. And there were some other ones that were really pretty strong. And, like, originally they he started making them, and they're, like, they're like real villains. Like, these are going to be tough. This is going to be real difficult. And then partway through, it's like, these need to be sillier and less serious and more fun. And I don't know how many of the really tough ones got played and how many of the silly ones got played i was gonna ask if there's a number out there like how many kings were i think were, 38 were got beat i think i saw 38 percent. so you know thir- 38 of them got beat but that included it could have been like a standard and an expert of the same one sure uh, okay they, they were counted independently so 38 of right. out of the 100 right yeah yeah okay um i yeah. did manage to randomly pull uh, your kangy perry Oh, okay. We, I played against her as well. Um, so that was fun. Were you playing Hawkeye at the time? Because Hawkeye was immune to her special power. I was not. I, I did laugh that. I think you were playing with, with Dan in that one, weren't you, when you played Kangy Perry? I was, he so was Kang- Hawkeye, and then he died. He died, yeah. yeah. Oh. It was immune to her effect because uh, not everybody knows, but Hawkeye is actually hard of hearing or deaf uh, in really? some of the comics. He gets a, like a ice pick shoved through his ear, eardrum, uh, at a certain point, and uh, so yeah. her singing did not affect him, but she could still just straight up attack him, and that happened, and he died. So yeah, she probably was even more angry, right? So yep. yeah, Oof. Uh, I have a couple other things to report because someone, a wise villain, once told me not to judge a sorcerer until you've cast a spell in his cloak. Uh, after all my naysaying about Doctor Strange, I did play him over that weekend. Okay. And he isn't as overtly powerful as I thought. 
But I also wasn't doing a lot of the crazy shenanigans that I saw, like Honorary Avenger on Wong to uh, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes him and cycle your deck the whole time. But yeah, he's he's pretty darn powerful, and he's a lot more fun than I expected. Still not one of my favorites, but I'm I'm coming around. I'm coming. There you go. You get warm warm up. I I think that's fair. You got to at least play the guy before you can criticize. Nonsense. <laughs> Ill informed is always the way to go. I feel entitled to criticize anything that I have no opinion actually or knowledge about. <laughs> never been disturbed by that. Take for example, uh, Marvel Champions, the card game. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, uh, what are we doing tonight? What's going on? Tonight we're going to start our Taskmaster Part 1, where we look oh at Taskmaster my. from the Red Skull Box. This is sort of a deja vu episode, because if you go back to issue 28, we had special guest host Banana Crapshoot from the Side Scheme on, and we did the Taskmaster Nemesis already. Banana Crapshoot does a great job. He tells us all about who Taskmaster is. So we're going to take a little bit different look at Taskmaster tonight. We're going to do his, some of his history, some reading material, look at his cards, and then in part two, we'll go through all of his, the rest of his cards. Sweet. So who is Taskmaster? The quick recap is he's born Tony Masters, and he has this thing called photographic reflexes, which allows him to mimic anyone's skill and technique with perfect accuracy, which means he can watch a YouTube video of a fencer and be a master fencer. He can watch as a child. He watches TV of an Olympic diver. He can make a perfect dive, that sort of thing. Mm. So it's really powerful. It's really an interesting ability because he's able to backflip like Spider-Man or uh, go toe-to-toe with Daredevil, anything like that, fighting techniques. And it relates to other things too. Like he can learn to fly a plane by watching a vi- one video on it. He can absorb that information. And now, now he's a, you know, he can pilot a, an airplane. He might not be the best at it, but you know, he needs a little bit. We know they reimagine their heroes and their villains and their timelines. I read a bunch of, his issues that are just called taskmaster he gets his own a couple of his own lines and in one of these lines he gets recruited by shield to work for shield and during one of his missions he ends up taking a sort of a corrupted version of the super soldier serum that captain america has and this thing it it somehow works in with uh, cortisol in the brain and it super amplifies his abilities and it sort of gives him a physical boost so that not only can he backflip like Spider-Man, but he's stronger, he's faster, he's got better reflexes, so he can do it better than a normal human can as well. There is a terrible side effect, however, with this serum that he takes, because every time that he would absorb somebody's skills, some of his old memories will fade. So he only has so much room in his brain, right? It's like a Homer Simpson episode. If he learns something, (laughs) he forgets something. (laughs) All right. Uh, the fact that he is doing this, he's actually working for S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. has him out in the field doing things, and he starts to forget about his job at S.H.I.E.L.D. He forgets about his wife. He forgets about all the life that he lit that he lived before, and he eventually completely doesn't know who he is. He forgets he's Tony Masters, and he believes that he's just Taskmaster. That persona takes full control of him, and he has these... Instincts. He has these. He has these instincts that he's done some terrible things. He's killed people. He's done these bad things. He believes himself to be a villain when actually these bad things he's done are in the name of a global security, working for Shield, 
you know, he takes out Nazis. He does these sort of things, but he can't remember why he's done them. So he has, a, there's this interesting paradigm going on where he's really a good guy, but he ends up thinking he's a bad guy. So he does these bad guy things. Like a horror story. Or maybe he is actually the purest expression of what the heroes do day in and day out, which is, if you think about it, pretty terrible. They destroy stuff, they kill people. Uh, and he's the only one who can strip off the the justifying veneer that 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 heroes put on their actions and see himself for what he truly is. A villain. Mm, that is some deep insight. Yeah, that's I good like insight. that a lot. I yeah. like that a lot. Steve, roughly what year was this published? The really good backstory comes out in Taskmaster one through four, and it's 2010. Okay, I was going to say it sounds fairly recent. Right. I, I would suggest that one. And there's a Taskmaster 1 through 4 from 2002. That's also a good story of just him on a mission, doing a thing. Um, it has really cool art. The art for him, he'll, he'll go to like do a backflip and the panel will like superimpose Spider-Man over top of him. Or maybe he's, maybe he's punching and you'll see like Captain America's fists take over. So you have these really neat artistic styles of showing whose ability he's taking over, overlaying him. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then he'll like maybe he'll have, use two or three at the same time. So you'll see him; his legs are one hero, and his arms are like he's got by Troc the Leaper's legs, while his fists are the things. And but he's backflipping like Daredevil. So you've got all these cool people superimposed. The art is really cool with him. Back to the bio. Basically, he loses all his memory, so he doesn't have really memories of of his own. So he ends up just sort of being a he. He works for the payday. He takes jobs to assassinate people like Moon Knight, or he worked for the government to take down the Secret Avengers when they're under Norman Osborn's control. So he just sort of gets these jobs. He'll end up taking, he ends up getting these jobs from something called the Org, uh, where he doesn't know what he's doing, but he muscle memory, he'll dial a phone number and he'll get a job and he'll say like, oh, I don't know who I am. And the person on the other line is, well, I do. And this is what you need to do for us. And he goes off and he does it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it him? Is it really him? Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it. That is in the 2010 Taskmaster. It's a great read. There's a lot of cool twists. There's a lot of fun stuff. I suggest anyone who that wants to read any Taskmaster goes and reads the 2010 and that 2002. It's just called Taskmaster, and there's two two different runs, one through four. It's it's fun. So I I really don't want to spoil it for anyone. But an interesting fact that you learn in one of these is. His skull mask that he wears is the skull face from Santa Muerta or the Senora de los Sombras, the saint of death, the lady of shadows. It's like a, a Central American goddess. And he goes on a mission for the org down in Mexico and to train like Mexican special forces for Dawn of the Dead. And in order to show solidarity for them, he takes that mask and he that he co-ops it and becomes part of his persona, which is where that comes from. He ends up I know we talked in our other issue ends up running like a school for thugs and villains. And so he's worked for some interesting organizations. Like I said, he, he actually was recruited by shield, but he also ends up working for aim who is the former scientific division of Hydra, right? There's like super scientists. And we see those guys appear in 1966. So he Taskmaster, been around a long time um, prior to these new stories at least the people he works for have been. He ends up working for Hydra, which he's working for Hydra now in the story that we're doing, right? He's working for Red Skull. 
and Hydra. And we all know Hydra is like that worldwide subversive organization dedicated to global domination. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra, that's right. Uh, and in ours, he's the chief of police, right? He's out there rounding up these criminals who claim to be heroes. And we'll talk about that in the next episode. He ends up working for the Secret Empire, which is a subversive or- organization. Used to be part of Hydra, but it's like a criminal enterprise to help fund them. He ends up training people part of Ultimatum. They're like an anarchist organization. They're dedicated to abolishing the concepts of nationalism through terrorism. So he trains those guys. He trains the cyber ninjas who are related to the X-Men in some way. So there's a crossover between the Avengers kind of stuff and, this, and the X-Men there. He trains this doomsday cult of uh, extremists called the Lords of the Living Lightning, which had a really neat name, but I wasn't able to find out too much more. He ends up working for and training Sons of the Serpent, who are like a super patriotic, racist Americans opposed to all minorities, religious, ethnic, racial, in order to gain power. And they, they first appeared in 1966. In, um, they were just in D.C. about a month ago. Yes. Oh, I was right. going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they're still here today. Uh, I didn't see Taskmaster there, but yeah. Yeah. And, I, and to be honest, first appearance was not 1966. So. Uh, <laughs> well, so, this specific group with the snake motif I, was. I see. Uh, I understand. Yeah, and they, that's when they adopted yeah. the snake motif. Yeah, and then a bunch of other groups, Black Choppers, Trenchcoat Mafia, Militiamen, Inquisition. The one I found that interesting is the Trenchcoat Mafia. They're like internet-addicted youth who are linked through some encrypted message board that directs them to live out their first-person shooter fantasies. So that's an interesting <laughs> – yeah, that's like a pretty relevant. So they're a 2010 first appearance. So wait, the Sons of the Serpent, who are super racist, are trained by the guy who used Central American – mythology as her, his persona. Yeah. Yep. As his persona. Okay. It's called appropriation, man. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then some of the big name specific people. Red Skull, Johann Schmidt. At one point, he was in a cloned body of Steve Rogers, and he, him and Taskmaster get together, and Taskmaster helps Red Skull out, trains him there. He also trains U.S. Agent, who we have as an ally in the game. Uh, Diamondback, we talked about when we talked about Crossbones and Crossbones himself as well, uh, teamed up with Taskmaster to l- learn some skills. And then Deadpool is probably the next biggest name. And there's some other people on there that I didn't recognize their names. But he even goes as far as to train some of the people who are part of the Avengers Initiative, all like names I hadn't heard of their new, newer people, except for one called Stature, who's actually a persona of Cassie Lang, who's Scott Lang's daughter, or Ant-Man. That- uh, we have in the game as Stinger, so that's one of her other personas. So she gets trained by Taskmaster, and I believe she's briefly the love interest of Iron Lad. Okay, yep. Um, one, Iron, one of Kang's Iron Lad. One of Kang's incarnations. Fascinating. So, is it fair to say that this guy is the most accomplished teacher in the Marvel universe? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's been in so many organizations, but he's training everybody. I've just total newfound respect for Taskmaster. And that's a good name for a teacher, actually. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that explains why we kicked his butt so easily. Man, he must be like 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he's that teacher. Yeah. yeah. Mostly he's asleep behind a newspaper. <laughs> um, wow. This guy, this is great. Yeah, everywhere yeah. he goes, he just teaches people. Yeah, and, and makes some serious money off of it, too. So. Well, that's that's sort of unrealistic, but yeah, I, I get it. 
yeah. private. These are Montessori schools. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, so my homework assignments for you guys was going to be to go read those Taskmasters 1 through 4, either the 2002 or the 2010 version. Both really good. They're both available on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, excuse me, uh, is this going to be on the test? Uh, you will be tested <laughs> by Taskmaster to see if you're paying attention. There's some non-digital versions called Taskmaster, anything you can do, dot, dot, dot. It's like a trade paperback. Uh, has a bunch of his standalone appearances throughout the ages. So like if he was in this Avengers and that one and this one and that one, he shows that you can get that one. Uh, there's one called True Believers Black Widow Taskmaster, which has some reprints at where he, him and Black Widow square off, which seems relevant to her nemesis set. Sure. There's a Taskmaster, The Right Price, and Taskmaster 1 through 2, which are is a new series, Taskmaster 1 through 3, a 2020 series. And that's not Marvel Unlimited yet, so I haven't been able to check it out because I don't buy these trade paperbacks. If it's not digital, forget it. There's a lot of good reading out there. There's some great art. Highly recommend checking them out. I really have a new appreciation for Taskmaster, uh, especially that 2010. So, well, thank you. This was, this was fascinating. Yeah, you're welcome. Very different. Very different from... Banana crapshoot coming by and and talking about the other you know the other part of who he was. So great stuff. Well, why don't we look at these these cards? Steve, why don't you explain why we're not looking at very many cards today? Yeah, so we're only going to look at. We always do a part one where we take a look at his core cards. So that includes his villain, his main scheme, and we're going to look at one of the side schemes, and that's it because the rest of his set requires its own piece. I think it requires some some lore and. There's not that many cards in the Taskmaster set. So I think we'll find out why when we read his main scheme. Why don't one of you guys take Taskmaster? Sure, all right. Taskmaster, a villain, traded Hydra and Mercenary. His level one version, he has one scheme, two attack, 13 hit points per player, and the forced response, after a player changes to hero form, they discard the top card of the encounter deck and take damage equal to the number of boost icons on that card. Level 2, he gains 1 scheme, so he's now 2 scheme, 2 attack. He has the same forced response, 16 hit points per player, and the when revealed effect, deal each player an encounter card. And finally, his level 3 version, he's got a big boost to his stats, 3 scheme, 3 attack, the same forced response, the same when revealed, deal each player an encounter card, and 17 hit points per player. Well, what do we think? Boring. (laughs) What? (laughs) Defend that. Go. Um, first of all, heaven forbid they give anybody a stats more than one two or two two, unless you get to the level three guy. Second of all, uh, you know, discard the top card of the encounter deck and take damage. That's that's a bit boring. It's not. I mean, so it can what? be effective though. Eh, okay. Why I like it is that it's one of the few things that you can't math out. You don't know it in advance. Well. You know it's gonna be between zero and three. Well, I guess probably probably one point two, because that's probably <laughs> what what these decks average to. Wouldn't it be cool if they had a card that had like boost icons and then said, "Hey, if this is revealed as like a boost, reveal another card." Ooh, mm. that would be fun. Finally. That would be interesting. And then I guess deal each player another encounter card when revealed. Okay, again, uh, you know that's what the game does. Area. I mean, that's basically make it the heroic one for one turn when you when you encounter him well i, I mean it, I, yeah. it sorry it makes it more difficult for sure but i mean two cards instead of one card 
it doesn't really. Yeah. And I don't really understand how it goes with his story. So I, I, I don't know that I would call it boring, but it's just sort of like, I just don't get its connection. Yeah, but sometimes it's more interesting and exciting if you do get a connection. So that you can. I think the force response is fairly flavorful because you're flipping into hero form and he knows your technique. So he's countering that by mm -hmm. damaging you. Now, it's, it's not a perfect analogy, but for the mechanics of the card game, it's not too bad. I think, you know, oh, here comes Captain America. I know his stuff. I can preemptively strike him because I know all his moves and, and I can hit him for some damage. Um, I think it's okay considering. But it's, you know, ping, it's ping damage. It's, you know, one, two. Uh, if you're really lucky, three. It's yeah. not really going to change the game unless you're, you're silly enough to flip into hero form with. You know, very few hit points. Yes, but imagine if you're uh, Ant Man and you have two hero forms, and you want to be flipping back and forth. Yeah. Okay, but okay, I can imagine that. I guess if you're playing Ant Man, you'll get hit more. And I, I, but I don't know how. Like, does he know Ant Man better than he knows other heroes? Um, so he can damage him more. It it doesn't quite hang together for me anyway. Yeah, I want something else, but I'm not sure what. Maybe to have your, maybe to have your events cost more. Or draw a card from the hero deck. Play it as if you were playing it against the hero. It, you know, uh, read uh, damage as damage, thwart as threat on the main screen. You could right? really, you could really. <laughs> yeah, see, like that would be something, right? Or maybe if like your your hero specific cards, those fifteen cards. Yeah, draw until um, you find cost, one of the hero specific cards. Right. If you if you draw an ally, put it into play as a minion, engage with the hero. <laughs> see that? Yeah. Then you're. That's more than just he's using his move against you. That's now mind control. Well, you could, uh, you yeah. could. He maybe he's mimicking one of your one of your minions. I'm sorry, allies. Yeah, I think you get into too much. I, I think that those are neat ideas. You I could go crazy me yeah. mechanically. I think it becomes too difficult to manage for the for the rule set. Yeah, or maybe he could just you know absorb uh, your cards. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been uh, that force response could have gotten stronger as he leveled up that's one thing right one card two cards three cards or it could have been i i like the effect but it could have triggered off a different thing when a hero attacks him or when a hero schemes or or thwarts right, that sort of thing right. right could have triggered off of other effects i think the effect could work if it you know after a player uses a base ability do this thing then mm -hmm. you're really uh getting in trouble so i like it because people often switch to heal up so now it disrupts your tempo. It disrupts the natural way you play the game. And just because it shakes the thing it up, I really like that. True. I was going to say, I like playing against Sassmaster, though. I think, I think it's a, yeah. a fun set. That was fun. We had a good time. The, uh, the revealed cards, that's the one thematically I don't get, but mechanically I totally get. Especially if you're playing Expert, starting with that encounter card is really, really nice. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of that when revealed as his preparation He's prepping oh, yeah. for you. He knows your comments, kind of like a Black Widow. Here's my prep. I'm ready to go. So you get here. I'm not. I'm not blank. Right. Like I'm, right, I'm ready right. to fight you. That, that's where I thought that was coming from. As another fun little side effect, this is that level with the side schemes that the heroes want to see, and this is a way for the designers to design a way to help get those into play. Oh yeah, yeah. Good point. Well, let's look at hunting down heroes. This is his uh, main scheme. 
Moose, you want to take that? Sure. Hunting down heroes, side 1A, Taskmaster 1 and 2, Taskmaster, Hydra Patrol, and standard encounter sets. One modular encounter set, recommended Weapon Master. And then setup is set each captive ally aside out of play. Search the encounter deck for Hydra Patrol, put it into play. Shuffle the encounter deck. So that's 1A. So after you've set up side all captive allies and put Hydra Patrol in play, you go to the other side. 12 per player to, to trigger the end of the scheme. Uh, and it's the and this is his only scheme. If it's completed, the players lose the game. It's a little bit of tri- flavor task. He's now the chief of police for Hydra. His top priority is hunting down the outlaw heroes. And then the force response... After resolving step one of the villain phase, each player in hero form must choose to either place one threat here or take one damage. It has the usual one per player per turn. Starts with one per player threat. But it takes 12 per player to end. It's one of the longer ones that I have seen. So if you're playing four people, it's going to take 48 before before you lose the game. That seems like a lot. Unless so, you're, yeah, it has that little acceleration where every phase, every hero is going to take threat or damage. So it yeah. helps accelerate towards that 12, I think. Or or the damage, if you're flipping, you're taking that damage, you're taking this damage. So they kind of play on each other. Yep. Yeah, maybe that's why it's 12. Make sure to... This scenario really speaks to the strategizer in me. That I come to this with a certain strategy in mind, and then Taskmaster turns it on its head, and... Now, not only do I not necessarily want to flip back to heal because he'll ping me, but now he's forcing me to heal because he's pinging me or he's adding threat. It's just, it's a mechanic that speaks to me. It's fine. Yeah, I think, is he, I think he's the easiest of the five villains. Absorbing man might be, give him a run for his money. Perhaps. Well, that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, that definitely is. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about the contents. Because this is one of the few where we've seen we're going to play with the villain set plus the standard plus one modular encounter set where they suggest weapons master. But it also forces us to play with Hydra Patrol, which is one reason that there are not as many Taskmaster cards in his set because you're Mm -hmm. already adding. I mean, you're playing with two modular sets effectively. Right. It's unfortunate that one of them is Hydra Patrol. Like I get mechanically why it exists, but it's not a difficult encounter set. Right. And you could house rule that, oh, we're going to take Hydra Patrol out and put in Hydra Assault, or we're going to put in Minions Masters of Evil, or, you know, I feel like you could, but then then when you get to setup, it says, search the encounter deck for the Hydra Patrol, which is a side scheme, and put it into play. And if you're not playing with that, it's kind of (laughs) weird. So. Right. Yeah, and if you have that one out, and you defeat it, everyone has to search for a Hydra Minion. Well, if, how many Hydra minions are left after you take Hydra Patrol out? Yeah, Daniel, why don't you give us Hydra Patrol real quick? So sure. So, my folks, it's a side scheme. Hydra soldiers perform routine patrols to maintain control of their territory. Uh, this has two boost icons. It comes with two threat per player, and it is a crisis. When it is defeated, each player searches the encounter deck and discard pile for a Hydra minion, puts it into play, engage with them, shuffle the encounter deck. There you have it. So I think for casual play, it's fantastic. Maybe this is one of those things that deserves a little rework. Minion patrol. Search the encounter deck for a minion, or search a set-aside area for a minion. Put Ronin the Accuser engage with you. 
<laughs> you could pair this up with Madame Hydra's side uh, um, encounter. I mean, the modular set. That yep. could work. Yep. Right. That could be very effective. That that might make it a little more challenging. Hydra control being a crisis forces you to go there while the threat's building up to that twelve. While you're, it's adding extra. So it's, I like that the Hydra Patrol kind of buffers. And then you got to get a minion out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we know Taskmaster trains minions, so he's going to start with minions. So there's a theme hit there, too. But, yeah, it's it's all it's all very casual. That's a good way to say it, Mike. Yeah, it's casual. And the way this scenario plays out, it, it really is storytelling in terms of what your hero is going through. It's almost like you're, you're wandering through the city and you're stumbling across some of the other side schemes, which I guess is a discussion for next. Yep. And don't get found. Get out of there. That's right. Are we going to talk about captive allies? That's the setup. We're, we're going to do that next. Next. Okay. All right. Yep. Absolutely. What else are we talking about next week, Steve? We're going to do Taskmaster Part Two. We're going to talk about all the rest of his cards. We're going to give you some info. It's going to be fun. Super exciting. Mike, where can the good people find us? Hey, we are Critical Encounters. Now, usually I put a joke here, but let's get serious. This is issue 52. We are in volume two now. We've been at this for over a year. And we love hearing your feedback. Good or bad, we want to hear it. So this is just a, a plea for, hey, if you're, if you're out there, you like listening to us, give us a shout. What do you like? What do you don't like? We do take your feedback seriously. Although we do be warned that uh, some of your feedback may require you to walk over a pit of uh, shark-infested waters. Oh, yeah. Well, you know goes without saying kind of usually what happens to me is i hear one feedback and that pushes out the other feedback so i can only remember one at a time hey 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 well if you want to get a hold of us we are critical encounters pod at gmail.com you can find us on facebook as critical encounters and on discord as vardain big foam loaf the truth and wandering Duke. if you like our show show, tell your friends friends. if you don't like our show show, tell your tell your enemies steve Steve, take us out take us out There's nothing you can do that I can't do better.